This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by Farm Journal's Trust in Food Initiative and the America's Conservation Ag Movement. Learn more at trustinfood.com. Good Wednesday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. It has been the absolute worst kept secret in America today, but uh, uh, I am going to announce that I am not going to run for re-election in, uh, in 2020. Congressman Mike Conaway will not run for a ninth term in Congress, an announcement he made official today in his Texas district. News of his decision leaks Tuesday night, but the former House Ag Committee chair says he's known since last year. I've been sitting on it for a long, long time, Suzanne. I've had these conversations. One of the advantages of having been able to do it have that long, I've been able to second-guess myself, undecide, decide again, undecide all the things that you go through when you're making a big decision. And this was a big decision for me, and so I'm comfortable with it because I've had plenty of time to uh, deliver. Asked about his accomplishments in Congress. Obviously, getting the farm bill done and done on time uh, is a big highlight. But he also spoke about some other things he'll remember from his service, including a trip to Ethiopia to see U.S. food aid programs at work. Those programs are America at its absolute best. The pointy end of a sword is different from the pointy end of the sword you normally think of, but those kids uh, would otherwise be going really hungry, and, and we're doing that out of our compassion for the rest of the world. But again, I'm thinking the same thing I thought at the distribution point. We may not be able to, to afford that you know, going forward. We're going to have to make some tough choices. For now, Conway says he plans to serve out the remainder of his term, and what he does after that is up to his wife, Suzanne. For more on Conaway's career in Congress and in ag policy, check out Phil Brasher's story on agripulse.com. Ypsilanti, Michigan played host to another round of comments about the renewable fuel standard today. The Environmental Protection Agency heard from stakeholders on both sides of the debate on the 2020 RFS blending targets, including Growth Energy's Chris Bliley. We were frustrated with the, uh, the proposal. He says EPA needs to do more to acknowledge the use of small refinery exemptions. They've exempted at least 190 million gallons every year for the last seven years. In recent years, significantly more than that. And yet they assume for 2020 they're going to exempt zero gallons, which we just think is completely unrealistic. Testimony from oil stakeholders and attendants runs contrary to the SRE concerns of the biofuel sector. They say the demand destruction ethanol group's claim has not materialized, a point EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler reportedly made on Capitol Hill last week. Bliley says he knows of facilities in hard shape because of the current ethanol climate, of which he says SREs contribute. You've seen some plants close. You've seen some plants permanently close. You've seen a number of plants ramp down. You've seen biodiesel facilities close. I think any number of the recent headlines will tell you it's rough out there. And that's having a real impact on our plants. It's having a real impact on the farmers that sell grain to those plants. EPA is expected to make pending SRE decisions in the next month and announce final blending levels by the end of November. Finally today, Department of Agriculture officials hope a farm bill program on drought monitoring will be fully funded by Congress. AgriPulse's Ben Nully has more. Multiple government agencies are working to make the U.S. drought monitor more accurate. This comes after provisions in the 2018 Farm Bill directed the Department of Agriculture and other related agencies to do so. USDA Deputy Chief Economist Warren Preston spoke about the economics of drought at the National Drought Forum in Washington, D.C. today. He says the agencies are looking at several ways to improve accuracy of the U.S. drought monitor. What kind of information feeds into the drought monitor? What can we do to expand that network? What can we do to improve the accuracy of the drought designations? So we'll put that report together that's due in December. From that point, then we are encouraged to uh, take steps to improve 
the drought monitor and um, that obviously will depend on funding and if we do have funding then we will look at uh, trying to do things to, to make improvements. The Farm Bill authorizes funding but money would have to come from appropriations. House Ag Appropriations Report language currently includes $2.5 million to support the National Drought Mitigation Center. However, Preston says they'll have to see what happens in the Senate before all is said and done. For AgriPulse, I'm Ben Nully. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. The conservation seed has been planted, and America's conservation ag movement is growing by the day. Do your part. Join Farm Journal's Trust in Food and the rest of the movement today. Find out how at trustinfood.com. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.